This is the Mitch Barnhart Podcast. Now from Lexington, here's the Athletics Director for the University of Kentucky, Mitch Barnhart. Welcome to the Mitch Barnhart Podcast here at the University of Kentucky as we continue a series of just conversations with leaders in the world of college athletics across the country. And we've had opportunities to visit with commissioners and and uh, coaches. And, and now we're visiting some with, with the uh, athletic directors who, around the country who lead different programs and and fortunately, we've had some opportunities to have close relationships with several of them. And we welcome Mark Coyle from the University of Minnesota into the podcast today and, and have a chance to visit with him for a little bit. Welcome, Mark. Hey, good afternoon, Mitch. Excited to be on the phone with you. Well, it's awesome time of year for all of us in college athletics as we, we get to compete with our young people and have an opportunity to to uh, do what we, do the real part of the, the part that we enjoy the most. And uh and so uh, thanks for taking time out of your schedule. I know you got a full one, and uh, uh, we, uh, we want to be respectful of your time. So let's jump right into it here. Mark, you, I've known you uh, quite a while. We've we met on, uh, on a couple different occasions early on in your career, but sort of as you, uh, you, you spent an awful lot of time in Lexington, Kentucky on a couple different occasions, sort of if you wouldn't mind sort of just quickly give us the bio of your journey and how did you get to the University of Minnesota along the way and maybe the impact that a host communications from Lexington, Kentucky had on your on your journey? Yeah, well, well no doubt Lexington's been, been a big part of our life in the state of Kentucky. I, I think uh, other than where I grew up in Iowa, I spent more time in Kentucky than I have any other place, which uh, a lot of people don't realize. But uh, but I had a chance, um, you know, after I graduated grad school from Florida State University in Sports Administration, um, I worked at the University of Miami uh, for about a year and a half, uh, almost two years, and then I took a job uh, at Host Communications, and it was actually the first time I heard the Barnhart name when I worked uh, for your brother, Eric. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric gave me a shot to work at Host Communications and had a chance to, uh, to work closely with a lot of different programs across the country on their game day publications and media guides and so forth, and had really good experience and learned a lot, um, and, and spent, uh, gosh, almost seven years uh, in that role working closely with Eric, uh, Mr. Host, and others uh, with that great company, and then uh, in 2001, um, I really wanted to, uh, to get to a college campus uh, and thought that I would like being an athletic director for some odd reason and uh, made the move to uh, the University of Minnesota as the director of marketing. I was here at Minnesota for uh, almost four years and, and by complete chance, uh, the University of Kentucky was playing up here in the uh, Midwest Basketball Regional in 2004 against Marquette and Dwayne Wade and uh, I know you remember that game, unfortunately, oh, yeah. because the Cats didn't get the win, but it gave me a chance to, uh, to spend time with you. Uh, probably the first time you and I had a chance to spend a lot of time with, with each other because my role was to host the University of Kentucky basketball team uh, while you all were in town. Um, and I had a chance to spend time with you again. And about a year later, uh, you and I connected, and uh, you gave me an opportunity to come down to the University of Kentucky to, uh, to be a senior social athletic director and work on fundraising with the K Fund. Uh, so my wife and I and our family uh, made the move down to Lexington. And at the time, we only had two kids. And I spent almost seven years with you at Kentucky, uh, going from fundraising to, uh, to the deputy athletics director, uh, working closely with you, I guess, day-to-day on many items and topics. And while we were in Kentucky that second time for those seven years, our third child, Benjamin, was born. And uh, he still confuses people because he tells them he was born at UK, and they think the United <laughs> Kingdom, not the University of Kentucky. But we, we get that cleared up quickly. But uh, but se- spent those seven years with you, and, and our family grew and, and absolutely loved our time in Kentucky. And as you know, 
uh, in late 2011, uh, was given the opportunity to become the athletic director at Boise State University. Um, and um, as you know, that was a very hard move for me and my family to make because we loved Lexington so much and the Big Blue Nation, but we made that move out to Boise. I was the athletic director there for four years. Uh, then I went to Syracuse, had a chance to be the athletic director at Syracuse. Uh, and then about a year later, I was recruited to come back to the University of Minnesota. And as you know, Mitch, I grew up in the Midwest and, and have a lot of family here and in, in, in the upper Midwest. So it gave us a chance to uh, to come back and be closer to uh, to my mom, who turns 80 this year, and some brothers and sisters and some of my wife's family members. So we've been back here at Minnesota for just over three year, years now as the athletic director. You, you've had an opportunity to your, – your career has been multifaceted. If you look at what you've done, um, you've done a remarkable array of things. So you started in, in printing and publishing, and you end up in fundraising and marketing. Did, did you start out with your goal set, hey, I'm going to go into fundraising, or did it just evolve? And, and, and if you're, as you're looking and you're giving young people advice and you're seeing people come up in the world of, of wanting to be in the world of college athletics more, dial into your experiences, and, and what would you tell them? I would give them the same advice I got uh, when I went to Florida State, Mitch. You know, as you know, I did my undergrad at Drake University, and when I graduated, I was applying to grad schools and sports administration. Was fortunate enough to get accepted at Florida State, and, and I remember, you know, my first, you know, week down in Tallahassee. Uh, my academic advisor, his name was Dr. Bass. I remember Dr. Bass looked at me and he said, "You need to think of yourself as a brand." And to be honest with you, I had no idea what he meant by the word brand. You know, I'm from Iowa, so I know you brand a cow or what have you, but I didn't, I was confused by that. And he's like, you need to think of yourself as a brand. What can you do to make yourself different? Because these jobs are so competitive. And so I really took that to heart. And I can tell you, if you look at each one of my moves, you know, when I was at Florida State as an intern, when I worked at the University of Miami, I was in the ticket office. Um, I wanted to use my, I had an English undergrad or writing background, so I wanted to use that background. I made the move to host communications to work on the, the sports publications, the game day programs, the media guides, and use my writing background for that. Um, and then when I made the move to Minnesota, I wanted to get that marketing experience. Um, at the time, I felt like the best way to become an athletic director was to come up on the external side of the business, if you will. And then, um, you know, I, I tell people, Mitch, and I'm not saying this because I'm talking with you, you taught me the greatest lesson of all. Uh, if you remember, when you reached out to me about coming to Kentucky and you and I had some really good conversations, I had never raised a dollar in my life. You know, I had sold corporate sponsorships. I'd been around in a long time, but I'd never gone to a, to a, a, an individual to ask them to make a gift to an athletic program. I had done sponsorships, but it's much different when you're asking an individual to make a gift to your program. Mm-hmm. And you taught me that it's about the right fit. And I remember you telling me that you felt like I'd be a good fit for, for your administrative team at Kentucky, a good fit for the donors at Kentucky. And, and I really learned a lot about that. And if you look at some of the decisions I've made with my own staff, I never forgot that lesson. So when we got to Kentucky, I got great fundraising experience. And I think, Mitch, that truly helped me when, uh, when I interviewed for my AD job at Boise State because I could look that president in the eye and tell that president that I understand the ticket side of the business. I understand marketing. I understand fundraising. I understand sports administration. And the last couple of years I worked with you in Kentucky, I got more exposed to the internal sides of the department whether it be compliance, student-athlete development, some of those areas that you gave me exposure to. So I really think it helped define my brand and make me very attractive to potential presidents to become an AD. As you, as you talk about the word brand, we hear a lot about that in today's world. And, and most people look at that and they say, how many social media platforms can I get on or how do I use the social media platforms available to me to create my brand? 
Do you need that to do that, Mark? How do you blend that piece? And, and where does social media come in? Um, if I looked at you and I said, as you as an athletic director, and I said, if, if I had to, you know, and I know you well, so I, and, I, and I think that I could define your brand, but if, if you were saying I'm starting from scratch, how would you develop your brand and what would be your advice again to folks coming up? Because I think sometimes the, the quick push is to say I've got to have website and on down from everything, you know, whatever I, my social media platforms to define who I am. How do you define, how would you best define or give that to the young people to do that? Yeah, Mitch, again, you know, I mean, I'm a 12-year-old trapped inside this 50-year-old body. And, and what I mean by that is I try to keep things really, really simple. And, and I tell people, and if, if you had a chance to come up and you have been up here, but if you spend time with our student athletes, our coaches, and our staff, I talk every day about we are defined by our actions. If you want to define your brand, it's done through your actions. Mm-hmm. And, and people can create the social media, the websites, the Twitter, the Instagram, et cetera. Uh, but at the end of the day, your word's your word, and you're defined by your actions. And we try to keep it really simple. And, and, and when I talk to student-athletes, and again, our coaches, our staff, you know, we talk all the time about, you know, everything you do, right or wrong, defines you. And, and you better understand that. And, and so, Mitch, when I talk to, to young people about how they start to develop and create their brand, I make sure they clearly understand that you are defined by your actions, and every action has a consequence. That consequence can be good or bad. And you have to understand that every action you do, there's that consequence out there. And to me, the trick is, how do you understand what the best long-term action is or the best long-term decision? And that's what can ultimately define your brand in a positive way. So we, we always talk about, again, don't talk about it, be about it. You're defined by your actions and talk is cheap. The, the, the part about the people talk about intentions. Intentions are a wonderful thing, but intentions minus action equals nothing. So you really have nothing if you don't follow up your intentions with your actions. And and I think that's so true in today's world. We have great intentions of doing certain things, and then and we don't follow them up with what we say we're doing. And that's the other thing I think is so important, Mark, is I've watched your career as you've been so thoughtful about it. And, and if I had to blanket one word, eh, it's multiple words I'd throw over your over your brand, but one of them would be of, of the highest order is integrity slash honesty. And I and, I, and that's got to play into it. I think you're always being assessed. And I think in today's world, you're always being assessed. No matter what you do, you walk down the concourse of a, of a stadium or an arena, uh, you're walking across the field to go greet someone. People are watching in today's world, and everything is being assessed. And, and so when you're being assessed, I think you have to have uh, some sense of, of honesty and integrity, and it, it starts with that platform at the very, very beginning. Get your thoughts on any of that? I could not agree more, Mitch. You know, you, you know, as you know, working in college athletics, you know, you and I have wonderful opportunities every day because we're around, we're around, you know, I tell people all the time we're in that dream business, right? We're around student athletes who dream that competing at the highest level. We're around coaches who dream that coaching at the highest level. We're around donors who, who dream of being a part of these great universities, these great programs and, and making a huge impact on the experience that we give our student athletes. And, and, you know, I, I tell people all the time, you know, at Minnesota, at Kentucky, that school logo never comes off, right? I mean, whether you're at the grocery store with your family, you know, Sunday after church, or you're you're at a football game on the 50-yard line being recognized with the donor of the game or the student-athlete of the game, they're always paying attention. And you, you know, I, I like how you, you talk about, you know, Mitch, people sometimes have great attentions. And, and what we like to say is you can have great attentions, but you better execute on those attentions. Mm-hmm. And again, it's that action part of you, right? You know, and, and, and I remember my dad, I, I had a, 
had a wonderful upbringing with great parents, and, and my dad was a uh, was a heart surgeon, a cardiothoracic vascular surgeon, and I remember he used to always talk to me about having a surgeon-like mindset, you know, being incredibly even-tempered, um, being incredibly focused on what you want that outcome to be, and, and for us, you know, that outcome is to make sure we have great integrity, we have great honesty, because yes, I'm Mark Coyle, yes, you're Mitch Barnhart, but in a lot of ways, you're carrying the flag for the University of Kentucky Athletic Department. I'm carrying the flag for the University of Minnesota Athletic Department. So you all are on. And you always have to be mindful of that and make sure that not only are you intentional, but you execute on those intentions to always do things the right way. Absolutely. If you're part of Big Blue Nation, then you need to watch Big Blue Nation. 10-5! Touchdown, Kentucky! BBN-TV on the UK Sports Network takes you inside the program every weekend for conversations and access you won't find anywhere else. It's coming late. Oh. Cash Daniel hits him. BBN TV is the official TV show of UK Athletics and is the newest and best way to keep up with the Cats. Watch BBN TV every weekend on the UK Sports Network or anytime online at UKAthletics.com or the Kentucky Wildcats Facebook page. As, as we've gone through this thing, and you've been in this, this journey of college athletics for well over a couple decades, probably closing in on three decades now, I'm not sure, but I think that's probably pretty close. So as, as you think your way through this, You've been coast to coast. You have had the luxury of going north to south. You've had the, the luxury of going east to west. And I say luxury because I truly believe that's a benefit. So as you look at this thing, and I think we've, we've talked to others about this, college athletics looks different, different places in the priorities and the way it's structured culturally. What have you seen shape the different different places you've been? And what are the you don't have to get real specific in terms of where – what are the, the philosophical differences as you look at this thing, if you if you will, and if what what looks different from coast to coast or place to place? Yeah, yeah, Mitch. You know, th- there's no doubt. Uh, every place I've been has been incredibly unique and incredibly different. Uh, if I may, you know, the one thing I found in common with each stop that I've been at is that the fans of that institution really care and they really love about it, and what makes our jobs great. You know, so being at Kentucky around the big blue nation for so long and then going out to Boise state and being around their fan base and their excitement and my time at Syracuse and now at Minnesota, you know, I love the, the, the commonality of the fans and the passion that fans bring to their institution, but there's no doubt institutions and regions value different things. You know, you know, being in the SEC conference, obviously an incredibly competitive conference from top to bottom. I mean, those programs compete at the highest level and every day you got to, you got to tie your shoes up and go out and compete, you know, and then being out in the Mountain West Conference or being out West, uh, the lifestyle in terms of what people focus on, the population is much different. There's not as many people out West, right? And I know from your time at Oregon State, you experienced that. So it's just a different falling and how they, how they follow the programs, how they do things, just as passionate, but just different. And their focus is different in terms of how they look at athletics and, and, and the whole experience on a campus. And then, you know, being on the East Coast, there's so much history and tradition back there with those programs and the rivalries with the different programs back there. And, and you see the, the excitement that Cal Athletics brings about there with a lot of big metropolitan cities back there and a huge population base back on the East coast. And, you know, and then coming here in the big 10 uh, and being at Minnesota, again, the big 10, like the SEC, an incredibly competitive conference from top to bottom, you know, an incredible focus on having broad based success, broad based programs. So there's no doubt each place I've been, uh, there's been some uniqueness to those programs. I'm actually convinced that those uniquenesses have helped me to become a better athletic director mm-hmm. now that I'm at Minnesota because I've learned what different schools focus on, what different people focus on, and how can you take that collection of differences and make it a huge benefit for your current program? That's what we try to do every day. Yeah, that's awesome stuff, and it's it's so true. I think that uh, every place is unique, and um, 
you know, their, their traditions are, are really unique to each one of them. And the, uh, the rivalries uh, makes it special when we were at Oregon State. We were literally 20 miles down the back road to, to the University of Oregon. So it was pretty close. And you had a chance to – it was a heck of a rivalry down there. And, and so you come here in the Southeastern Conference and you've got a different set of rivalries. But 80 miles away is the University of Louisville. And we've got down the road in Knoxville is the University of Tennessee. And so really, really unique rivalries. And that's what makes it special to be able to compete every – Every day, as you as you look at it, as you look at it, and you, you think about your your time and, and what you do, um, what sort of keeps you the, the sixty four thousand dollar question? You know, they always ask you what keeps you up at night. What do you worry about in terms of your day to day things at Minnesota and the world of the broad based question of what's going on in the world of college athletics? Sort of tie that all together, if you will. Yeah, Mitch, you know, what, what I what I worry about a lot and, and what I think about, and, and maybe worry is not the right word, but something that, that we spend a lot of time on is how do we embrace the visibility? And I've really challenged our staff, our coaches, and our student-athletes about that this year. And, and what I mean by embrace the visibility, it doesn't matter if you're at Minnesota, Kentucky, Boise State, Syracuse, wherever you're at, what we do is incredibly visible. And how do we embrace that visibility to turn it into a positive? And as you know, Mitch, um, you know, it's what makes our jobs great is, you know, you and I hear from lots of people. When, when the team wins on Saturday or if the team loses on Saturday, you and I get lots of, we get lots of suggestions. We get lots of input. And, and what I'm trying to um, uh, better understand and better create here at Minnesota is how do we embrace that visibility to turn that into a positive for everyone? So how can we show off to our athletic program, a world-class research institution? How can we show off through athletics uh, the great things our student-athletes are doing in the classroom, the great thing our student-athletes are doing in the community, just like they're doing at the University of Kentucky, mm-hmm. just like they're doing at all the other institutions. So we work really hard on how do we embrace that visibility, and with that comes a great responsibility. And that's where the worry card comes in because, um, you know, people forget, you know, you and I have 700 teenagers there. We have student-athletes between 18 and 22 years old, and sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes we have a learning experience. And I wish people would understand that, you know, these are good kids. These are good students who are trying to do the right thing, but they're going through learning processes. Administrators, coaches are going through learning processes, and we make mistakes. I think sometimes they get magnified so high that people lose sight of the educational side of what we're trying to do. So, again, uh, what I worry about or what we focus on is how do we embrace the visibility and make sure we always turn it into a positive and a growing experience for all of us and for our institution. And as you look at the the 30,000-foot view of college athletics, you sort of got it down to the microscope of what's going on at Minnesota and what you guys are doing. What is what does the landscape of college athletics look like to you, Mark? And what is the – as you look, say, three, five, ten years down the road, what are, what are the challenges you see and what are the things that we need to be thinking about and being a little more thoughtful about? Yeah, well, well that's a great question, Mitch. And, and you know, I, I go to – I go back to – I remember, you know, growing up in grammar school and, and – you're learning in geography about earthquakes and the plates under the under the earth and the shifting landscape. And, and I think college athletics right now, uh, I, I think we better be able to embrace change because it's coming. Uh, and, and, and I think we have to clearly understand um, and we have to accept, you know, you always hear that phrase, the one thing that's constant is change. And I think if you look at um, all the litigation that's out there right now, including athletics, if you look at the outside forces um, that are starting to pay much more attention to college athletics, there's many more interest groups who are trying to get involved in college athletics. 
know, I hope that we don't lose sight of why we do this. And we do this because we provide great educational opportunities for student athletes. And I think sometimes, you know, obviously people, they understand the football, they understand the basketball, but a lot of these kids don't go on and play professionally. And I hope people don't lose sight because we do have seismic shifts going on around the country in college athletics. And at the end of the day, our core value and our core mission is still the same. You know, uh, we bring these kids to our campus to get a degree. We bring these kids, you know, we talk all the time, hey, come here and compete for four years, but stay for 40 years and have an incredible impact on the next generation of people. And I hope that through all these changes, through the litigation, you know, conference realignment, intelligent contract, you know, all the things that are going on every day. I hope that we never lose sight of why we do this. And, and I get concerned, Mitch, and, and I know you and I have had these conversations. I get concerned that sometimes I get lost in all the shuffle of what's taking place at the end of the day, which is we're providing great educations to great student athletes who may have not had that opportunity if they didn't play college sports. Absolutely, and I think that what really is important is to make sure that we understand that the, we keep asking the, 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 when you go places and they say, what's wrong with these kids today? And I tell the people all the time, they're only emulating what they watch. They're watching what yep. we do. They're watching what we say. And they're watching the, the actions that we have. And they're saying, yeah, I can do that. That's exactly what I'm seeing. And so they follow that very closely. So if we're truly wanting a generational change, we want them to be different. And we want them to do some really unique, amazing things. Then we've got to lead them that way. And we've got to help them. No doubt. There. Got to yep. help them get No there. doubt. Yep. So, no doubt. So you, you are in um, an incredible market up there in Minnesota. Um, you've got multiple, multiple um, professional sports franchises. You have got a, a couple of other, uh, I won't say a couple, probably four or five other competing interests up there in terms of, of activities from the things in, in your uh, very beautiful area of Minnesota. And uh, so how do you, Mark, how do you carve out the niche for Minnesota in that? And how do you, how do you try and, and grab your piece of the landscape in, in terms of that population? I'm not sure the population of, of Minneapolis-St. Paul, I don't have that number in front of me, but I know it's a touch bigger than Lexington. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. You know, I, I, think, I think we're over, uh, we're chasing 4 million people in the, in the metro area, right? Wow. So we, we're a big metropolitan area. We have six professional teams. Uh, we have a very active uh, theater community, music scene going on here in the Twin Cities. And I think I catch people off guard with my response. I get asked this question all the time. We love having the professional teams here. We love having an active theater district, an active music scene. Because when we recruit a young man or young woman here, you know, we talk all the time about, again, you can come to Minnesota for four years, but you can stay here for 40 with our 18 Fortune 500 companies here in the Twin Cities. So we try to celebrate it. In terms of, of our market share, Mitch, you know, uh, we have a volleyball program, for example, that's, uh, that's a top 10 volleyball program, and we're sold out every match. We have over 5,000 fans every match, and they're scalping tickets outside our building. Um, you know, we have great attendance for other sports. And, and what we've learned is, you know, doing it right here in the state of Minnesota matters, just like doing it right in the state of Kentucky matters. And people, they want to be a part of something that's right. They want to be a part of something that's good. Uh, they want to be part of something that's a good example for their families, for their friends, their kids, et cetera. And so we try really hard just to make sure that we're always, again, mindful of our actions and we do things the right way and we can compete at a high level. And so, again, we embrace all the professional teams, again, the theater district, the music. And we see that as a positive. And we work closely with those organizations to see how we can 
we can work with each other to get people to support all of our programs, all of our venues. So it's a really healthy relationship, but there's no doubt it's incredibly competitive. Uh, and it's something we try to learn every day to get better at. That's awesome. We, we've got a something not, not near on that scale because we don't have all the professional franchises, but our relationship with Keeneland and the horse industry has been so yep. special. And we've had an opportunity to, and we've embraced that in a really unique way in the partnership and the friendship and has been so much fun. And uh, so we're appreciative of that and clearly understand what you're saying as, as it relates to that. So as you, as you look at your, if I said, Mark, if, if, if there's the words on the wall, and I'm, I'm not a huge fan of words on the wall, but if I said, okay, here's the, the four or five things that Mark Quills asked of his, of his folks, what are they? What, are they? what does that look like? Yeah, you know, again, when we look at words on the wall and things that we try to focus on every day, again, I keep it very simple. You know, we, we literally say our actions. And if, if you came and walked through our facilities, uh, you know, we have a strategic plan that we call United Are We, and, and we simply talk about we want to be accurate in everything we do. Uh, we want to be competitive. You know, I, I remind people uh, we do this to win. Uh, you know, we do this to compete at a high, high level, and we want to win academically athletically and socially. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about being honest. Um, you know, it's something I learned from you, Mitch. Uh, I remember one time you used the phrase, we're always going to live in truth. And I never forgot that. And, and we challenge all of our, our staff, our student athletes, our coaches, that we're going to be honest. Uh, we talk about, we want to be inclusive. You know, we are without a doubt, the most inclusive and diverse population on this campus. You know, we, we have a school that has almost 50,000 students and we have the most mm-hmm. diverse and inclusive department in that campus structure. Mm-hmm. And we want to embrace that and celebrate our diversity and our inclusion. And finally, and, and this sounds really simple, Mitch, we want to be kind to people. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that makes a huge difference. We want to make sure that we're a positive example. So when we interact with faculty, when we interact with staff, when we interact with donors, when we interact with fans, we want to be kind and respectful and treat them the right way. And, and those are the words that we try to focus on every day. And hopefully we're living that out through our actions and everything we do. I want to remind you to check out Kentucky Branded, your one-stop shop for all things Kentucky. Kentucky Branded is locally owned by two Kentucky natives, and new product arrives several times per week. So you always have something for the Kentucky lover in your life or yourself. Shop online at KentuckyBranded.com or in-store at the Fayette Plaza in Hamburg or inside the Fayette Mall. Kentucky Branded, your one-stop shop for all things Kentucky. Mark, you've, you've had a chance at three times different, three different places. You've been an athletic director, and, and you've, you've hired multiple football coaches. And in that time, you've had an opportunity to uh, hire many coaches on different fronts. When you, you're out there, uh, you know, talk a little bit about I know what it looks like. So I've, we've, I've done it a couple times myself. Um, walk through that process in terms of how quickly it moves and sort of how you're your preparation. I, I, I find it fascinating. There's people say, I've got six names in my pocket all the time. And I, at a, and I, you know, then there's other people say, you know what, I'm watching as it goes and I let it evolve. What, sort of, what's the Mark Coyle philosophy as he, as he's building up and making sure that he's sort of prepared for those days. And, and what does that process look like in real time? Yeah. Uh, great question, Mitch. And, and first off, I owe, I owe you a huge thanks of gratitude because when I was with you at Kentucky, you gave me a chance to, to be around some hair, some very high-profile coaching searches. And I can tell you, and, and you know this, Mitch, when you go through it the first time by yourself, I think you learn a lot about who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and when I was at Boise State, I had to do that when, when Coach Peterson made the, the transition to the University of Washington. And the first time you go through that, I think you learn a lot of who you are and how you do it. And, and the lessons that I learned from you and I learned from others 
is we try to be very prepared. Um, and, and I agree with you. Um, you know, I think it's very important to have a list. Uh, and I think you have to continually review that list and that list continually evolves. You look at coaches from all across the programs, from every sport and what they do across the country. And you try to keep your eye on them and you try to watch them. Um, I know you, you know me, we both like to watch sports on TV when we have some free time and you watch what other coaches do. You watch how they interact with the, with the officials, how they interact with the student athletes, how they interact with the fans, how they interact with the media. And those are all lessons you take with you as you kind of build your, your preparedness for when you do have to go out find a new coach. And, and I can tell you, you know, here in Minnesota, Mitch, I, I've had to hire eight head coaches in under three years. Wow. Uh, you know, we have 25 programs. So we've had to hire a lot of coaches and we've been able to do that because we've been prepared We've had lists, but those lists continually evolve each year. And I can tell you at the end of each season, I sit down with my deputy athletic directors and we sit down and we review the list of our sports and, and what we're looking at and who do we like out there? Who do we think has a bright future? Who has upside? We just try to track those people. Mm-hmm. And then if we have a chance to meet them or interact with them when we're traveling across the country, when we go to different venues, different sites, we try to have those interactions so we can kind of develop a relationship with people. And that way, when you do find yourself in a situation where you need a new coach, uh, you're not standing flat-footed, you're prepared, uh, you have laser focus on what you have to do. Uh, and, and as you know, Mitch, that ultimately you're trying to hire the best person, the best fit for your institution, for your student-athletes. And, and I believe you got to be prepared and ready to act quickly to find those right people. Well, the fit matters. I mean, sometimes, and we've we've all watched that. You know, the not necessarily the best X's and O's person, not necessarily the best recruiter, not necessarily the best uh, marketer of the program. You find what what fits your your institution and what fits best. And we've all had some that worked out really, really well, and some of them that have have not worked out as well. And so those things are very, very unique to institutions, and very important to get the fit right and and make sure we get that. Uh, you get the right person in the right slot, so to speak, as so many people have, have chronicled. Yeah, uh, no, no doubt. You know, and, and Mitch, I, not throughout, I think you bring no, up good. a great. I think you bring up a great point about the right fit because you know, again, this is a lesson I learned from you. You know, when when you hire that individual, no matter what the sport is, um, you and that person are going to be working day to day with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you and that person are going to be having those private conversations daily as you try to build that program to compete at the highest level possible. And, and you better make sure that you have the right value system with that person. You have alignment with that person. And as you said, you know, every institution is unique. So you've got to find the right fit to fit that institution culture, but more importantly, to fit that, uh, that personal culture with you. Because as you know, uh, if you have any missteps or, or any um, uh, non-alignment, boy, it creates a lot of issues and it makes it hard to move that thing forward. So again, I agree with you, fit such a big, big piece of what you do. Really, really important part of all of that is is is, uh, is the fit piece, and I agree with you, Mark. It's uh, we, we've been very fortunate here to have some coaches we've really, really enjoyed, and you were a big part of hiring a lot of those folks and, and having them here at Kentucky for us. Um, how do you manage the unmanageable? So it's it, you got things that you just you know you walk into work, you got a really nice, nice, calm schedule in your day at ten o'clock meeting with your staff, at twelve o'clock this, and at one o'clock the unmanageable happens. Walk through how you manage the unmanageable or that, that crisis, that touch point moment. Well, after I get off the phone speaking with you, I put my <laughs> feet down and we try to figure it out. Um, I, I think if, if people knew how much you and I talk to each other, uh, I think they'd be amazed. But, but in, in all seriousness, you know, I, what I try to do with those situations, you know, Mitch, I, I probably have, uh, you know, two, three, four people uh, who, who I feel like I can trust with anything. And, and, 
Um, I get that every job and every profession is different, whether you're a lawyer, a doctor, a teacher, a firefighter, a police officer. We all have uniqueness to our jobs and so forth. But, but I truly believe in the role that you're in, the role that I am, you've got a very small circle of people you can talk to. And, 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 and I'm not saying this because I'm talking to you, but, but you know darn well, one of the first people I call is you. I have a lot of faith in you, and you always provide me with great guidance and counsel as you try to, to work your way through. Because as you, as you stated, you can't predict the un, unmanageable. You don't know what it's going to be, but it happens to every one of us. I know it's happened to you. It's happened to me. It happens to every one of us. And and I can pick up the phone. I can reach out. I can speak to you. Uh, another person you and I are close to, Rob Mullins, uh, the athletic director at the University of Oregon. You know, Rob and I worked together while we were both on your staff at Kentucky. And Rob and I actually worked together at the University of Miami when we both started off early in our career, so I've known Rob a long time. I can visit with you. I can visit with Rob. Uh, you guys give me great counsel, great advice. Uh, Candace Chaffin, somebody on your staff who I work closely with in the K Fund, um, I sometimes visit with Candace because she has a unique perspective, and, and I really appreciate how she sees things. And so, again, there's three, four people that, that I reach out to, uh, and then, obviously, uh, my staff here. I, I've been blessed. Um you know, my, uh, my deputy athletic directors were both with me at Boise State. They were with me at Syracuse. They're here with me at Kentucky. Uh, we hired Julie Manning as our executive associate AD. Uh, she was at Colorado. She was at um, Wyoming. She's a Hall of Fame golf coach at Iowa State. Uh, I rely on her a lot and John and Rhonda here on my staff here. So I try to surround myself with people who I trust, uh, people who know how I think but also people who tell me not what I want to hear. They will tell me what I need to hear. Mm -hmm. Because as you know, when you're in those situations, oftentimes they're very public. And, and you don't need people telling you what they think you want to hear. You need people who will tell you what you need to hear. And the people I just described are all people who tell me what I need to hear, not what I want to hear. That's awesome. Well, good. Well, I appreciate you've, you've been very gracious with your time. We're going to wrap it up with five five quick hitters that just are uh, real Real simple, and uh, these are the the ones that uh, no thought, just right off top of mind. So, if Mark Coyle's getting, uh, he's, he's going out. He's got one one meal for that night, and it's a special meal. He got a free night. He can pick any food he wants to eat. What is it? I'm going to Malone's on Tate's Creek, getting the fillet, <laughs> the Lexington salad, and uh, a nice lemonade. That's where I'm going for my last meal. That's awesome. And a favorite book? If you had to pull one off the shelf, and then you've got. It's a sort of a go-to book for you and or something that you really enjoy read. What is it? Uh, Unbroken. Unbroken. Great book. Incredible book. Uh, favorite hobby, if you got some free time, I know that I have a place that you guys like to go to as a family. So what's the, what's the favorite hobby? Uh, favorite hobby is to ski with my wife and kids in McCall, Idaho, at a place called Brundage because cell phones don't work on the mountain and it's awesome riding the chairlift with your three teenage kids. That's incredible. I knew that was, I knew that was coming. So we, uh, yep. it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Words to live by. Yep. If, if you said, I am going to put some words on the wall and it's, it's one or two words or it's one quick phrase, what are the words to live by? Uh, I get this from Chris Peterson, who was an incredible person to work with when I was at Boise State. Obviously now the head coach at Washington. Uh, Chris Peterson said something when I met him early on, and it's something we try to do every day, personally and professionally, uh, low ego, high output, which means humility. Yeah, low ego, high output, like that a lot, like that a lot. All right, and the last one's real easy uh, for you. The most influential person or people in your life and why? Uh, well, uh, without a doubt, um, my wife, Kristen, and my family, uh, because they keep everything grounded, uh, and then 
I'm not saying this because I'm talking to you, partner. You know how I feel about you. You have been, um, I, I tell people, uh, when I was at the University of Minnesota in 2005 and you gave me a call to come to Kentucky, uh, if you remember, I was a little hesitant because I wasn't sure about moving my young family at the time. And I told you that I wanted to become an athletic director. And you told me if I wanted to become an athletic director, if I came to Kentucky, you would give me that opportunity. And uh, you and your wife, Connie, and your family have changed uh, my life, my wife's and my family's life by giving us an opportunity to go to Kentucky, learn from you. And, and now I've had a chance to be an athletic director at three institutions. And uh, we love every minute about us. We're incredibly grateful for your friendship and your mentorship and the impact you've had on me and my family uh, professionally, but more importantly, personally. Yeah, it's, we've, it's been uh, it's mutually uh, feel the same way for you guys and your family. It's, uh, it was great having you here, but we, uh, we love watching the, the cool things that you guys are doing as you've traveled this thing of college athletics. So um, that's about all we've got for today. We will let you get going on, on another day of busy schedule. I'm sure you've got a few things to do in this incredible fall that we have all these sports going. And uh, so we wish you the best as you move through the rest of the fall football season and uh, all of your fall sports. And obviously we begin to journey into basketball with uh, – yeah, no yeah, doubt. It's, just around the corner, great. partner. So you have no doubt. It, it's a it's a great time of year, and, and as always, enjoy visiting with you. And uh, always excited to see success with Kentucky. What your student athletes and programs are doing, and wish you much success and go Cats. Thanks, Mark. We appreciate your time for everyone listening. Thanks for joining us on the Mitch Barnhart podcast. Until next time, go Cats.